Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Now, just slightly a year after taking office, Japan's Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga is stepping down after his approval rating dipped to an all time low. Yesterday, Japan's ruling LDP party chose the former foreign minister, Fumio Kishida, as their new leader, virtually ensuring that he will become the country's next prime minister. Now, he won 257 votes in a runoff vote to defeat Taro Kono, a popular vaccines minister who previously held the positions of defence and foreign minister. So what does this change in leadership mean for Japan and its economy? Well, joining us on the line now to give his analysis is Stefan Angrich, senior economist at Moody's Analytics. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today pleasure. Okay, Stefan, so let's start off. Where exactly did it go wrong for Yoshihide Suga? Right. So uh, there's a lot of different aspects to this, obviously. Um, Much has to do with politics. What I will say about um, the economics of this is that a lot had to do with the pandemic and the way it affected people's lives. Right. It seems that communication has been a key factor. Public opinion surveys typically cited dissatisfaction with Suga's pandemic management as a key reason behind the weak approvals. And while it's true that some policies seems a little bit ad hoc, Suga also had genuine achievements that probably weren't emphasized enough, such as the very impressive vaccine rollout. To give you an idea of where things stand, um, Japan has now vaccinated a greater share of its population than the U.S. and the EU. Mm -hmm. So this bodes well for a recovery. But it just goes to show that uh, these things were probably flying a little bit under the radar. Now, why is this relevant? Well, it seems Kishida has learned from this. And this is interesting or, or rather relevant for the economy because... It's a positive for Kishida's political longevity, possibly, which means that he would have a greater chance of pushing through his policy agenda, his economic agenda. On the other hand, we also know that countries where active management has been a part of an integrated approach towards um, managing COVID have performed better. So Singapore is actually a good example here. So just turning our attention to Fumio Kishida, as you mentioned, now he had a lot of support from party heavyweights. And as the former foreign minister, what do you think his position as prime minister might mean for Japan and its economy? Is he seen as a safer pair of hands to steer economic recovery? Sure. Let me start with the safer pair of hands. Mm -hmm. The policy platform that Kishida put forward very much follows the course that his predecessors have charted out. So the outgoing Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, as well as his predecessor, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who stepped down in 2020 due to ill health. Kishida's policy framework aims to balance growth and reform. So in that respect, it's quite similar to Abenomics. And um, in that sense, it represents stability and continuity. One interesting aspect actually about uh, one interesting aspect actually about his support within the party is that the votes Kishida has been getting indicate that the party more broadly that the support of the party more broadly has been stronger than expected and again this might be a positive for his political longevity 
Okay, and just following on from that, because even though Kushida is seen as a party consensus builder, he only enjoys moderate popular support and has an image of being bland, according to some reports. Might this have an impact on the upcoming November election? Well, if we go by surveys, it is certainly true that Kushida is less popular with the public and younger members of his own party, by the way, than Taro Kono, the popular vaccine minister you mentioned earlier. Kono does have an unparalleled ability to communicate with the public and was long seen as the front runner in the race for LDP presidency. But again, Kishida is learning from this, and we will have to see whether he will be able to actually implement some of the things he's learned to convince the electorate that continuity doesn't necessarily mean status quo, but rather you know, maintaining the things that have worked and improving on the things that have not worked so well. We're speaking with Stefan Angrik, senior economist in Moody's Analytics. So, Stefan, then how is Kushida set to address fiscal stimulus to revive the economy? Well, the priority right now will be to maintain support for the healthcare system, Mm -hmm. businesses, households affected by the pandemic. I think this is quite similar to other places around the world. So it's likely that these sort of objectives are going to be uh, playing a role in the forthcoming fiscal package. Further down the line, support for the recovery will also be important. So getting the economy back, back on track as the pandemic recedes and restrictions are rolled back. In terms of the composition of the package and the size, different proposals have been floated by both opposition parties and members of the ruling LDP. Typically, the numbers we've seen go up to about 30 trillion yen, which is about 5% of GDP. Now, that does sound large, but I want to put an asterisk on that by saying that fiscal packages in the past have often included things like loans, guarantees, Mm -hmm. which are not strictly speaking fiscal spending. And in other cases, they've simply reappropriated funds from prior packages, which means the effective boost to the economy is smaller. So it's just another way of saying the devil is in the detail and we will need to see a concrete proposal before we can say whether it will be effective at actually putting a floor under growth. So what will you be looking out for when it comes to possible upcoming policy announcements? Anything on your wish list? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, like I said, in the near term, the pandemic and just guiding the economy back towards recovery is going to be extremely important. So getting that done is actually quite difficult, as we know transitioning to the sort of living with COVID kind of situation isn't trivial. Given Japan's improved vaccine vaccination rate, the hope is now that any future waves of COVID are not going to be as disruptive. So again, the hope is that this current recovery is going to be a little bit more durable. So once we have that, the objective will be to get services back on track. So it's really restaurants, um, hospitality and travel-related industries that have been the most impacted by Mm -hmm. the pandemic. So that's what I think the economy would need, uh, what the government should focus on to get the economy back on track. Further out, there's bigger objectives as well, like, um, you know, Kishida signals um, a focus on social and income inequalities, externally balancing Japan's and U.S.'s influence is important, And then climate remains an extremely important item on the policy agenda. So all of these, I believe, will be important to the future prime minister. Wonderful. Well, Stefan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and sharing all of your insights. Pleasure. Thank you so much.
Thank you. We've been speaking with Stefan Angrek, Senior Economist at Moody's Analytics. I'm Rachel Kelly. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.